house of the Lord this morning, and I'm such a privilege and honor to be here with you, and it is very much my honor to be here, and I so appreciate your pastor inviting me, and I love and appreciate these people, and I'm thankful that our lives have crossed and that friendship is growing and I really appreciate that and I mean that with all my heart. You've got a wonderful pastor and wife. <clears throat> Hallelujah. <clears throat> so I give honor to them. I give honor to the rest of the ministry. Y'all have got great things going. I'm excited about what Jesus is doing here in this place. Y'all hadn't seen nothing yet. Y'all hadn't seen nothing yet. <laughs> God woke me up early this morning. I was going to try to save this to the end of the message. Maybe he wants me to give it now. Thus saith the Lord, I am moving you into a higher dimension. People will walk in off the street. Shackles will fall off. Chains will be broken. Walls will be removed. Mountains will cease to exist in their life because I am God. And it'll happen easier than it's ever happened before in a greater dimension. He says, prove me and see if I will not pour out blessings that you cannot contain. I am moving you to a higher dimension. Give of your time Give of your money, your finances. Give because you cannot outgive me. This is time to give everything to the kingdom of God because I, the Lord, am coming soon. Thus saith the Lord God Almighty. I wish you would really embrace that. I wish somebody would give him some high praise this morning. You hadn't seen anything yet to watch getting ready to happen in this place. The Lord is with this congregation. Come on, praise him like you believe it. Does anybody believe it in this house? God, we praise you. We receive it. We give you glory. We give you honor. In Jesus' name. Come on, one more hand clap of praise. Make it a standing ovation to it. Hallelujah. I'm going to James 5, 7 this morning. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth. And hath long patience for it until he received the early and latter rain. 
Our title this morning is Perusia, the imminent return of our Lord. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you. We give you glory, praise, and honor. You're Lord God Almighty, you're King of glory. And I praise you today and I worship you because, Lord, you're magnificent. And I give you honor and praise and glory. Now, Lord, take this message. Take this service. Do what you will do. Do what your will is for each and every one of us today. I praise, praise you in Jesus' name. And I ask you to take these lips of clay. Lord, fill them and do what it is that you want to do. Would you give him another hand clap of praise? You can be seated. The coming of our Lord, Perusia, means day of the Lord, our Lord cometh. It's the future visible return from heaven of Jesus to take his bride, the church, to live eternally in heaven with him. Second Thessalonians 2.3 is talking about Jesus returning in the clouds. This is not the end of all time. There are still events to fulfill. This is his return to take his bride home. 1 Thessalonians 4.17 is a meeting between the bride and the bridegroom in the air. The Bible gives us many signs to know the season of his return. Signs that tell the one watching, waiting, and anticipating Christ's return, Look up, your redemption draweth nigh. The signs of his imminent return continue to unfold daily around us. A meeting that was to take place in May between Germany and Israel was canceled due to rising frustration in Berlin because of settlement activity in the West Bank. The article continues, Relations have grown tense in recent years as Germany questions Prime Minister Netanyahu's commitment to a two-state solution with the Palestinians. Gog and Magog continues to quietly form. No one is really paying attention. Several news agencies, including the New York Times, report the forming of a shadow government organization in the U.S. named Organizing for Action, or OFA. This organization, with 250 chapters across America, over five million strong are fighting progressive, are fighting for progressive liberal change. Their website explanation: Nothing is settling down. America has become the drama queen nation. Don't put it past the enemy. Part of his plan is to keep people fixated on the drama, so that they miss the signs of Christ's return although the drama is part of the signs. People, so-called Christians, continue their love affair, hanging on, clinging to, not letting go of this rotten, fallen world environment that surrounds us. Individuals are deceived beyond rational thinking. Matthew 24, 24 says, If it were possible, the false Christs and prophets with signs and wonders would deceive the very elect. The spirit of Antichrist manipulates the deception of humanity 
that even many of the most steadfast saints are being deceived. And God's long-suffering so that all will have the opportunity to come to repentance. How many are lost in the delay of his return? It's time people pay attention to Scripture and recognize what time it is. What can be shaken is being shaken. In Matthew 24, 22, Jesus reached the conclusion that if days were not shortened, there wouldn't be anybody to save because of how great the deception becomes. We have to be careful in this hour what we rationalize and how we justify and how we question this time. Israel Today headlines read recently, Does Israel's booming wine industry signal Messiah's return? Now, Pastor, I'm not promoting wine drinking here this morning with this article, but I think you'll just follow me. A seemingly minor event occurred recently that could have enormous prophetic significance. The renewed Sanhedrin, that's the Jewish religious court, took delivery of 30 bottles of wine. No big deal, right? Not until you read Micah 4.4. But they shall sit every man under his vine, under his fig tree, none shall make them afraid, for the mouth of the Lord of hosts hath spoken it. That verse is in the middle of a prophecy concerning the Mesonaic age. It suggests Israel would be producing wine. For centuries, the Holy Land was under Muslim rule, and alcohol is forbidden in Islam. No one produced wine in the land of Israel unless they were looking for severe punishment. Thus, the fear mentioned in Micah 4.4. Only with the rebirth of Israel as a nation has wine again been produced by Israel. And the significant part, it's only in the last few months that Israel's wine industry has grown large enough for the Sanhedrin to find wine kosher enough to be used in the temple that religious Jews hope will soon be rebuilt in Jerusalem. Wine in the temple service must meet far higher kosher standards than that that is suitable for everyday consumption. Now we have such a wine. Indeed, Christ's return is imminent. One more small piece of the puzzle fits together. Now the little things, the stuff that are the final parts are fitting into place. It's like building a house. All the big stuff goes together quickly. Then comes the tedious, the final finishing. Now it's the little things, the tailoring of the priest robes for the third temple finished. The DNA research to make sure the priests are from the right lineage. The Levite perfect bloodline finish, done. The wine with a high standard quality ready. The solid gold menorah weighing a half ton, valued at $3 million, crafted as one piece exactly by biblical standard and measurements, finished, now on display alongside the western wall and temple mount, built exclusively to be used in the third temple. The signs, the little things, 
coming at such a rapid pace, stacking up on top of each other, spilling out all over the world. You can't keep up with them. There's so many. It's signs to the church, the bride in waiting. Get ready and stay ready. Somebody give him a hand clap of praise. Jim Rogers, investment guru, recently wrote in our article predicting the death of cash and total government control of spending. He goes on to say that government is always looking out for themselves first. There have been many predictions like this by many different investment companies and financial advisors like Rogers in years past, but there's a difference now. India's economy ranks number seven in the world, and India is becoming cashless. India has withdrawn 86% of its cash from the market, forcing individuals to use cashless transactions. It's illegal in India to spend over $4,000 in cash on a transaction. In France, you can't use more than 1,000 euro per cash transaction. All transactions have to be cashless. Many other countries are doing the same. Here in the, in the United States, you can't make tra cash transactions above certain amounts in different states. It's claimed to be done for the public good. We are tracked through our purchases, through our Googling, through a plethora of ways. It's all leading to a cashless society. Chipping continues to become more and more popular. Nations are chipping their military, especially special forces. Different companies around the world are chipping their employees for the convenience of scanning through security systems. Operating printers pay for company orders with a swipe of a hand. We are way down the road to a cashless society. A one world government, a new world order moving toward the mark of the beast at a rapid pace, but very few pay attention to exactly where we are on God's timetable. If you want to live in that world culture of gloom and doom, you can go right ahead and do it. As for me and my house, we are looking for a rapture. We're looking for the apostolic books of Acts culture, of miracles, signs, and wonders. I'm looking for the new Jerusalem. I'm watching the eastern skies for Jesus to appear on clouds of glory. I want to hear him say, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Anybody else in the house? Is there anybody else expecting? Anybody else anticipating? Eminence, as it relates to Bible prophecy, simply means that the return of Jesus Christ for the church can happen at any moment. No warning signs. No short-term countdown. We watchers remain on alert 24-7. Matthew 24, 37 through 51 explains many things that will be taking place at the rapture of the church. Matthew 24, 37 says, As the days of Noah were, 
so shall also be the coming of the Son of Man. Genesis 6, 5 through 12 describes Noah's day as the earth was filled with wickedness and the hearts of men were evil. Luke 17, 28 says, Likewise, as in the days of Lot. Jude 1, 7 explains Lot's day as a day of, a, of great immorality and abomination. It takes no imagination to understand that we are living in days comparable to Noah and Lot. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking. They were marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. In other words, life was going on. Adam Clark's commentary explains verse 38 as they spent their time plundering, rioting, and in luxury. Has there been a day with more rioting, more plundering, and more luxury? Verse 39, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also be the coming of the Son of Man. People were caught unsuspecting. They were not looking, not watching for the flood. Individuals are not looking for a rapture. Many are religious, but the doctrine of the imminent return of Christ has been hijacked. Verses 40 and 41, then two shall be in the field, though one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, one taken and the other left. A somber scripture depicting the rapture. One is taken, the other left. It explains that our leaving this earth doesn't depend on our relationship with mother and father, sister, brother, family member, friend, neighbor, pastor. It depends on our intimate relationship with Jesus. I don't know about you, but my mind is made up. I want to know him with every bit of knowledge that I can get. I want to know Jesus. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. Not knowing proves his imminent return. Not knowing explains it could happen at any moment. Not knowing is an enemy of the unsaved. Not knowing but ready proves one's allegiance to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. But know this, that if the goodman of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. If we really understood the atrocities that is hitting this earth after the rapture, all that eternity holds, the good of heaven, the terror of hell, we would watch we wouldn't allow anything to catch us unawares. There would be nothing that would stop us from being saved. Nothing. Nothing. Therefore be ye also ready for in such an hour as you think not the Son of Man cometh. One of the most scary verses in the Bible to the one not saved not ready. In an hour you think not. 
Christ returns to take his bride home. Again, eminence is described in not knowing when, but in the fact he could return at any moment. Finally, a warning to the one that does not understand God's delay of his return. The one questioning in unbelief that it's going to actually happen. Where is his return? They become slothful. They are lulled to sleep. They're blinded to the hour. God's delay is about everyone having the opportunity to repent. An eternity of weeping, gnashing of teeth. Hell awaits the one that gives themselves over to a life where they write their own rules. Too many individuals have forgotten how infallible the Word of God is. It is not a book of compromise. How intolerant it is. How set in His ways God is. I believe in grace. Thank God for grace. I am a recipient of it. You just don't know what I'm talking about right now. Thank God for grace. I believe just like Scripture says that God does not want any to perish. God does not want anybody to not make it to heaven. He's not looking for ways to take you out. He's looking for opportunities to save you. But I also understand judgment. When you think about it, nothing in this life, every victory in this life comes with a planned purpose course. It does not happen by accident. This church hasn't happened by accident. What y'all have here every Sunday and every Wednesday doesn't, didn't take place. There's a plan in place that ushers in the glory and the power of the Lord. Why would we think gaining heaven would come with any looser criteria when gaining heaven is everything? I'm looking for a city whose creator and maker is God. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his face. Is there anybody else excited about heaven? Come on now. Is there anybody in the house? Are you excited about Jesus? Are you excited I don't believe you're excited about streets of gold. I don't believe you're excited about walls of jasper. Because if you were, there wouldn't be a person seated right now. You'd be on your feet praising and worshiping God. Oh, I'm not, yeah, I am trying to move you. Because you won't, you want to be excited about heaven. First Corinthians 16:22 If any man love not the Lord Jesus Christ let him be anathema maranatha Maranatha is an Aramaic phrase which means our Lord cometh Maranatha was a watchword for the early church it's a watchword for the end time church It expresses a hope that forms the basis of our experience with Christ. There are those that object to the connecting of anathema, which is explained Jesus as a curse, 1 Corinthians 12, 3, 3 with Maranatha. This associates the curse 
with our Lord cometh. Such, such objections overlook the fact that the worst condition of the one out of relationship with Christ occurs at the coming of the Lord. As we study 1 Corinthians 12, 3, we find sobering information. It's very clear. It says it right there, but it's so easily overlooked. No man is able to say, Lord Jesus, except he be filled with God's Spirit. Only then is it accepted. You want to know how important your body that was made to be the temple of the Holy Ghost be filled with the Holy Ghost is? The answer is right there in that verse of Scripture. Anathema means accursed, a gift that has been rejected. Paul is saying that no one can say while speaking in the Spirit that Jesus was an unacceptable gift. But neither does he really know whether he was an acceptable sacrifice unless he has the Spirit. Paul tells us in Romans 5.15 that grace was a free gift. Christ wants us all to come to repentance and receive salvation filled with the Spirit. Unless an individual has been through the process of salvation's plan, then received God's Spirit, he cannot say according to this scripture, because he does not intimately really know whether Jesus really is Lord and for it to be accepted. There is revelation, a heightened enlightenment that comes with speaking in other tongues. The salvation plan according to Acts 2 is, you must be born of water and spirit. Speaking in other tongues as Jesus gives utterance. Buried, baptized in Jesus' name. There is no other name under heaven whereby we can be saved. He is a jealous God. Speaking in another language is heaven's language. It's a gift Jesus gives to you. And he speaks through you. It's a supernatural experience, just like feeling the presence of God. Those chill bumps you feel, that warm, fuzzy, unexplainable emotion that rises up. Healing is supernatural. Being set free is supernatural. So why do we have a problem with speaking in other tongues? It's supernatural. It's not spooky. It's God's plan. This is His salvation plan. There is no other. All over this world, every day, in every denomination, people are receiving the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. If you don't have that experience, you can have it before you leave. Jesus loves you and wants you to have it. It's Bible. It is a pouring out of God's Spirit that the prophet Joel prophesied in Acts 2 confirmed is taking place right now in our time, during our day. I understand there's never been a mass rapture. Scripture is clear. Matthew 24, 36 says, But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. In the very understanding of Matthew 24, 36, and not knowing... Of his return. We understand his return is imminent. Thessalonians 4, 1 Thessalonians 4 17 tells us, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And shall we ever be with the Lord? 
We get the word rapture from the Latin word repair. For the Greek term in 1 Thessalonians 4, 17 caught up, which is harpazo. Harpazo means to catch away, to, to pluck, to pull, to seize, to take by force, caught up. The bride of Christ will be caught up out of this crazy world. 1 Corinthians 15, 52 says, In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, we shall all be changed. We will be like him. This corruptible shall put on incorruption. This mortal shall put on immortality. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? Grave thy victory. 1 John 3, 2 says, It doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know when we shall, when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. From rags to riches, from dying to life eternal, from asphalt to gold, we will be caught up. One day, it don't matter what this life has been. Those that are watching, waiting, and ready, it's going to be in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. It's declared in Scripture. No devil in hell can prevail against the church. We just have to have a made-up mind. I can't wait for the day that I leave this earth and my next step is on streets of gold and those walls of jasper, those gates of I wish somebody was excited about heaven, those gates of pearl. Jesus is going to be there. I can't wait to walk into the throne room and see my Savior face to face. I want to hear him say, well done but I want to see him as he is. I wish somebody was excited about Jesus. Hallelujah. I kind of feel like pastor this morning. Kind of feel like y'all heard the joke. Well, y'all don't think it's a joke. Y'all think it's for real. The little boy in... Sunday school, the teacher said, Does everybody want to go to heaven? Everybody raise their hands, but the little boy, well, what's wrong? I thought you was getting a bunch to go right now. I got something, I got some news to break in on y'all. If somebody's got a bunch going right now, I'm first in line. You can have this old world. You can have this messed up place. If you're satisfied with this place, God help you. This place is messed up and it's not going to take but a second for your whole life to change. You better let go of this world. You better grab a hold of the cross. Your eyes need to get on Jesus like it's never has before. You need to be watching, waiting, and anticipating a rapture. Second Peter 1.19 explains how it's going to happen. A metaphor is used to describe Christ in 2 Peter 1. It's a bright and morning star. Christ, which is the Holy Spirit, rises us up in us at the point of rapture, propelling us into a metamorphosis of change from this mortal body into immortality of a glorified body 
likened to Christ. That's why it's important to understand why we are here on this earth. When God breathed life into this dirt shell of a man, he built himself a house. Your job might be many different things, from ditch digger to president, from a maid to a top executive. It does not matter what your life title is. As far as heaven is concerned, you're one thing. You ain't no shack. You're a temple. Yeah, I wish you'd get that. If we'd ever get that, Sister Murphy, if we'd ever understand what we really are, ten foot tall and bulletproof proof wouldn't even begin to describe it. You'd chase devil out of everything that he showed up in. You'd walk up into the gates of hell with a water pistol. <laughs> but what we need to do is get rid of fear. We need to get rid of doubt. We need to understand, if he be for me, there ain't nothing that can be against me. I just told pastor he can fix it. I gave a prophetic word this morning. And what came back at me was unbelief. Disbelief. That's what bounced back at me. Now, I felt there were some that was on board. I'm talking to the ones this morning that you're still living on the other side, waiting for Jesus to show up. And for everything, the, fall, the moon, the stars, the planets to line up. They've lined up. I don't have time. Miracles, signs, and wonders are happening every day. Every day. In huge numbers. It's outdoing the day of Pentecost. Every day, this church. Man, y'all have got some great things here. Pastor, you know, you and I have had conversations. I've been excited about what's going on here. But there's another dimension that he's, he's bringing you to. But you're just not going to go, Poop. I'm here. you got to embrace it. And you got to believe it, and you got to claim it. It's there, and it's happening. And it's going to happen. But the quicker you buy into it, the faster. There's a dimension in the spirit that you're going to, that if you will buy into it and embrace it, you'll walk in the supernatural. You will be led by the Spirit. You can't even fathom how awesome and incredible it is.
How many of you believe we're living in the end time? If you believe, if you don't believe we're, if you don't, man, how do I do this? Because I want a true, honest answer without intimidation. If you believe we're we're in the end time, stand to your feet. I don't see anybody seated. You can sit down. Who's greater, God or devil? God is greater, stand to your feet. I'm sorry. Y'all made me do this. Sit down. I didn't see anybody sitting. Okay, so if God is greater, and I can promise you none of this is in my notes. This is nowhere where, where I was headed. If God is greater, then you think he's going to let some loser walk around on this earth, beat his bride up, beat her to death, no, no dominion, no authority? Huh? Come on, somebody. Somebody needs to stand up. Say, I'm bulletproof in Jesus. I'm ten feet tall. There is no weapon formed against me that will prosper. That's it. Go ahead and praise him. You can be seated. Now you're getting it. That's the tenacity. That's the the energy that you need to have about the rapture. Let me explain something. I am convinced all hell is breaking loose all over this world. But America hasn't seen nothing like the third world has seen. But don't you think it can't change for a second? And if you're hanging on to this world, I'm enjoying every bit of this world, of this earth, not the world, but the earth that I can enjoy. I'm going every place I can go. I'm doing everything I can do. I'm milking every bit of enjoyment I can out of this world. But I guarantee you one thing. I'm not connected to it. I'm not holding on to it. I'm not doing anything that holds me. My eyes is set on Jesus. My goal is heaven. There is nothing that can sway me from the love of Christ. Somebody needs to wake up and realize I'm in this world, but I'm not part of this world. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. I'm in this world, but this world is not in me. Give him another hand clap of praise.
You can be seated. I'm attempting to explain. You ain't no shack. You're a temple. And when you realize who you are, you're going to walk a little bit differently. You're going to talk a little bit differently. You're going to act a little bit differently. There's going to be a little bit of aura about you that wasn't there before. Because you know, when that old devil comes along, you just say, "Uh uh-uh, talk to the hand. Get out of my face, devil. You ain't got nothing. About half of y'all are scared of me saying that. But there's fear and doubt running. There's a vein running through here of fear and doubt. Get that out of here. Get it out of you. Get rid of it. Can I preach? Folks, the only reason that vein should be running through you is if you're not living for Christ and you are not in relationship with him like you are to be. If you're not in relationship with him like you are to be, my God, you better get in relationship and you better not look back. You better jump in this thing with everything you got because there is a rapture coming. There's Christ is coming back after a bride without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. And the only reason, the only way that I can be without spot, wrinkle, or blemish is I've got relationship with him. I've got, I'm able to go to him on a daily basis. He knows my name and I know who he he is. He abides in me and I abide in him. That is a relationship you got to have to get out of here. Here's what happens at the rapture. We've got a component in us. Phosphorus. You've got phosphorus in your DNA. When you study all of that out in the original, you'll realize that it's connected, intertwined in your DNA. It's combustible. It's connected to that word that I just read. It's connected to that scripture that I just quoted and read. So at the sound of the trumpet, the Holy Ghost rises up in you. The phosphorus ignites and you become combustible and you go into a metamorphosis and you leave this earth and you find yourself on streets of gold. Study it out. But you know how it happens? It ain't showing up at church. Hallelujah. Wait, I'm in the wrong place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, there's a lot of people here today. Man, look, there's some people smiling. Pastor looks good. 
Brother Bunch, all the rest of the ministry, they all looking good. Praise God. Oh, yeah, that was good. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, they're going, they're going to the altar. I'll see y'all next service. I showed up, God. I punched the clock. I was there. I came in. Did you see me, Jesus? I was sitting by, I was sitting, I was sitting in the, I was sitting in the audience. I was here. That phosphorus rising up, the Holy Ghost rising up in you, it's going to take a soul-out relationship. It's going to take somebody soul-out. The scripture says full. Full. Does it say it? Full of the Holy Ghost? Full of the Holy Ghost. Some of y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. I'm not crazy. I challenge you. I'm begging you. Go do some research. You're not accidentally going to make it to heaven. This was not my message. You're not accidentally going to make it to heaven. You're going to get there on purpose. It's going to be planned. You're going to make it to heaven because you desire to be there. I challenge you. The next time somebody mentions heaven, the next time somebody mentions a rapture, I'd be on my feet with everything I had. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Lord. I'm ready to go, God. We were designed to house the Holy Ghost. Isaiah 40, 29 says he gives power to the weak. He gives strength to the powerless. Even youth will become weak and tired. Young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord and find new strength, they will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Jeremiah says, for I know thy thoughts that I... Think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. You're not a mistake. There is no mistake in this place. In Ephesians 1.19, Paul is saying, I'm praying that you will get the revelation of the incredible greatness of God's power. Throughout the New Testament, there are truths, theology and doctrine that demonstrates why and how we can live the book of Acts the way the early church lived, with power and demonstration that Jesus walked with. It was a book of Acts church in demonstration and power. The blind saw, the deaf could hear, the lame walked, the dumb talked, the dead lived. Jesus said in John 14, 12, I'm going to the Father. Those that believe in me, they are going to see greater miracles, signs, and wonders. Than Jesus? Yes. Than Jesus.
And what am I intimidated by? What holds me back? Why do I come and sit on a pew? Why do I not have relationship with him that is second to none? This world is giving themselves to possession of Satan because they want power. I'm talking to people this morning that you want favor at your job. You want power on your job. In every aspect of life, you want success. I got a question for you. Why are you not living it in the book? Going to the book, living what Christ says to live, because if you live what Christ says to live, he says, I'll give you the desires of your heart. Folks, this stuff is simple. We complicate it. If I will seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, everything else will be added unto me. Do you believe the Bible or not? Then why don't you challenge it and say, God, prove it. And in the... And we all stand. I want you to begin to praise and worship him. He just gave the altar call. Come on. Go ahead and receive this. Accept it and embrace it. I don't want anybody making a move that doesn't believe what I'm getting ready to say. But if you believe the word of God, you believe what's been said here today. And I'm not necessarily, I'm talking about the word that's been spoken here today. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about the word. And the word that's been given. I want you to come to the front. God is taking this place to a higher dimension. This is beyond me. I'm just a messenger that just happened to be here this weekend. While you're coming, I'm going to tell you one more thing that I feel in the spirit right now. The Lord wanted me to come here this morning with a message about the rapture. But he had two things that he wanted to do. One, he wanted his church to intensify their love for him and 
They're looking for his return. Number two, he is attempting to get you to believe that you are actually going to a higher dimension. The supernatural is going to operate. And I'm here to tell somebody, those that buy into that here this morning, you're going to notice this week that you're walking differently and you're talking differently than you did last week. You're believing differently than you believed last week. You're going to actually notice a difference. Pastor is going to hear reports. People are going to come to him and say, Pastor, that preacher spoke the truth. I feel differently. I think differently. I believe differently than what I did last week. Now, I want you to repent this morning. I'm going to repent with you. Here's how we're repenting. God, I believe, but help my unbelief and forgive me of my unbelief. That's the repentance. Now, I want you to pour yourself out to Jesus, and I want you to ask him, Lord, forgive me. God, in Jesus' name, Lord, I'm asking you right now to look down on me Lord, I believe, but I need you to help my unbelief. And I ask you to forgive me, Lord, of thinking negatively, talking negatively, thinking thoughts, God, that are not your thoughts. I'm asking you, Jesus, to forgive me, Lord, of anything that is not of you. And I'm, I'm asking you, Jesus, to help me, God, reach the place that you want me to be in you. I'm asking you, Lord... Search my heart. Know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me. And Lord, I'm praying that you take them. Make me white as snow in Jesus' name. I want you to grab the person's hand beside you. I don't want you praying for yourself right now. I want you to pray for that individual beside you. We're going to pray for ourselves in just a minute. But right now, we're going to pray for that individual. I want you to pray, Lord, bring them into the fullness of revelation that you want them to be in. Enlighten them, God, to every bit of knowledge and understanding of your power, your might, and your strength. Pray that prayer right now over your brother and your sister. God, by the power of and authority of the Word of God. I bind fear, I bind doubt, I bind oppression, and I bind depression. And I command it to leave this place right now. I command it to go. And Lord, I pray for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding to flow in this place in unprecedented ways that it's never done before. I pray it by the power and authority of the word of God in Jesus' name.
Now begin turning that prayer to yourself. Come on, reach out to Jesus. Reach out to him. Lord, I want everything. I want all of you. I want everything, Jesus. Come on, somebody. Reach out to him. Grab a hold of him. Grab a hold of him. Okay. God's getting ready to confirm His Word with the supernatural. I want this area here in the front part like the Red Sea. Some of you go that way, some of you go this way. never spoken in tongues as a spirit gave utterance spoken in another language God will fill you this morning if you'll step out and come to this front I'm not going to beg you I'm not going to plead with you it's a gift that God gives you you can have it all you've got to do is come up here he's going to fill you there's individuals here this morning oh I meant that what I said I'm not just passing by that. It's, but you've got to want it. But if you desire it, God will fill you with His Spirit this morning. There's individuals here this morning. You're hurt. You're, broke, you're broken in spirit. There's individuals here that need healing. Now, I'm not talking about a headache. Although, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Everybody raise your hand. Raise your hand. Take dominion and authority with me over pain. 
Lord, by the power and authority of the word of God in Jesus' name, I command pain to leave this place right now in Jesus' name. I command it to go by the power and authority of the word of God. I command it to leave back pain, knee pain, leg pain, shoulder pain, headache, go in Jesus' name. Now praise him for what he just did. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Praise him for what he just did. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for your healing power. Thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Now, if you had pain in your body, raise your hand. If you had pain in your body, raise your hand. Hold it up. If you don't have pain anymore, put your hand down. Y'all just see what I just saw? Will somebody praise him? Come on, he deserves more than that. God just confirmed his word. So, if you want the Holy Ghost, you can have it. If you've got an illness in your body, if you've got something that you, God, you need God to take care of. Dysfunction in the home. Situations in the home. Marriage situations. Whatever it is, but you got to have a touch of God. I want you to come right here. I want the ministry team to come up here with me. God's getting ready to do mighty things. Does anybody believe that with me? Will you give him a hand clap of praise if you believe God's getting ready to do some things? Hold on just a second, ministry. I want everybody coming up behind these individuals that stepped out. I want you to lay a hand on them. People behind you, lay a hand upon the person in front of you. We're all getting ready to pray. We're going to bind the enemy and his attack. We're going to command it to leave. We're going to bind. We're going to bind infirmity. By the power and authority of the word of God right now in Jesus' name. I bind marital situations and circumstances. And I command them to leave. I pray God right now, those per people that are represented in this house, that have got situations and circumstances in their home, I pray God that you give them relief, that you take the things out of their mind and the negativeness, and I pray God that you give them peace and understanding. Lord, let them know that you're going to fix and you are fixing those situations even as we meet here this morning. I dispatch angels by the power and authority of the word of God in Jesus' name to people outside the four walls of this church. And dysfunction will cease by the power and authority of the word of God in Jesus' name right now. Come on. Believe that infirmity is leaving. Believe situations are deceasing. They're leaving. They're dissolving. Believe it by the power and authority of the word of God. Come on, speak it, church. Take authority and dominion in the name of Jesus.
Come on, people, don't stop now. Come on. Stuff is happening. Don't stop praying. What do you want in this house? What do you desire? Reach to Jesus. Reach to Jesus right now. Go ahead and claim it. He's here. His spirit is pouring out. You can have what you need. If you'll reach out to him. If you'll just touch the hem of his garment. You can have what you need and you desire. 